0: Hey, it's Kev here, and I think you're really going to dig today's episode with Ian Stanley, one of the funniest guys and brightest copywriters I've met in a long time. Just a quick heads up, this episode, uh, we usually try to keep it pretty clean here on The Truth About Marketing, but this episode goes down some uh, raunchier paths. So if you got sensitive ears uh, in the car with you, or um, if you're just opposed to things like that, then you might want to skip this one. Otherwise, sit back, enjoy, get ready to laugh and learn a lot from Ian Stanley. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing with your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, welcome back to the truth about marketing. It's Kevin Rogers here. I'm your host and this is the show where I interview uh, people that I find interesting. And that have uh, done real stuff with marketing. You know, this is not just hype or theory. Uh, We get to talk directly to the people who are out making it happen in their businesses. And they tell us the stuff they did that they might not have expected to work, but then worked even twice as good as they would have expected if they did expect it to work. So today, I'm really pleased and excited to welcome uh, my buddy Ian Stanley to the show. Ian is a copywriter first, but, uh, his career has been so ridiculously off the charts explosive in the last three months that I don't even know if I don't think copywriter quite sums (laughs) it up anymore, but Ian's going to talk to us about his, his recent journey. The man's only 26 years old as we record this. And, uh, but, you know, has tremendous wisdom and has uh, accomplished a lot, a lot in business in, in just a few years uh, of doing it. So, Ian, thanks for coming on, brother. Make it time for us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this for so long. Thank you for saying <laughs> my age. You gave away the punchline that's supposed to be the final. Oh, really? You know,
0: they're, they're, sh- they, people are sitting there listening going, this guy has to be in his 70s. Listen to that voice. (laughs) It's so robust and manly sounding. (laughs) So, Ian, you and I bonded immediately uh, over a few things, primarily that uh, you are also, or at least have also performed stand-up comedy. Uh, You consider it a passion, and I will be the first to say out loud uh, you are truly one of the funniest people I've met. You, you just have that thing where, uh, you know what I love about hanging with you, bro, and I'll, I'll just start out with the ass kissing right away, <laughs> is that you, you at any moment could take over the room and, and often do and, and put everybody in stitches, but it's not like this need you have for constant attention. Which is usually the thing where I check out of somebody after like an hour and go, okay, I'm done with that guy. <laughs> I, uh, this is I like appreciate it. Too. Yeah, so, so but it's a uh, uh, it's a weird blend. Have you you're secure with yourself, man? And so, have you always been funny? Uh, you know, growing up, were you the Was your mom calling you in the room to do the the latest bit?
1: Oh God, no! My mum was my mum was cheering against me to lose in whatever sport I was playing at the moment. <laughs> uh, that, definitely, you know it's, it's funny you say that, and it's it's such a weird thing when people say like especially a girl, but oh my God, you're so you're so funny, you're so funny, and it's like, what do you want me to say to that? Really? Like, thank you. So Jesse Elder has helped me say thank you to people yeah. and learn how to accept compliments. Um, I do doubt your uh, saneness because kissing my ass is one of the hairiest experiences you can <laughs> find. Um, but no, I, I really appreciate you saying that because it is one of those weird um, sort of lines of, of really just enjoying, you know, at Carlton, you know, when we were at Carlton's thing, he was really the one who, who told me about empaths and, and that gave me a big insight into why I enjoy making people laugh so much because I just experience their joy when they're that happy. Um, but I think the one thing that I've lucky enough to be able to notice and maybe it is that empath side is a lot of people who are funny will go at any length for the joke and they'll put everything above you know they'll put the laugh above everything else right, and there right. are times when i'm like god that's a good joke and i'm like it's not the right time mm. or and so that sort of towing that line especially at like masterminds and stuff where it's like it's fun to 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 have laughter and make it a fun room right, but right. then at the same time know that there's like no this is a serious thing like let that thing slide and and just be serious for it's also sort of it's like a 95 five thing for me Where 95% of the time I mess around I'm joking and so I find that oddly people appreciate those those few moments when I'm serious they're like huh (laughs) I didn't know you had that
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it's funny how you you quickly you can tell how much somebody sort of gets it in in life and understands people the quickest way to show that you you're you're somebody who really doesn't get it is when you meet a comedian and and immediately say something like oh okay make me laugh or or oh man you should you should come to my work and you'd have a whole new skit you know people people who just think that uh it's you know you're you're like a jukebox if you're, and you're constantly looking for material, that that's your whole life.
1: I'll Uh, tell you what, if you came down and hung out with my buddy Ted, you'd have a full 20 minutes you could talk about him for. He's the funniest damn person I ever did meet. (laughs) And you're like, how did I get in a conversation with a guy that's this much of a hick, but you know.
0: (laughs) So, uh, that's great. Um, Let's talk about comedy. A couple things you did, uh, and again, you know, look, Uh, people ask me for obvious reasons a lot, whether they should use humor in their sales copy and my immediate answer, 99% of the time is no, don't do it because, uh, it's just, it's, it's always safer not to always, um, you're one of the few people who I've seen use humor to great effect and really get the right kind of attention with it. Um, a couple of instances, I want to talk about. Uh, well, you did a really funny video where you gave a, a presentation uh, about giving just a tip. <laughs> and it's <laughs> slowly revealed that, that you're, uh, you know, drawing a giant penis. Uh, but the funny part is that you never acknowledge the fact that you're drawing a penis. Um, and uh and my other and then and then so that i know that got you a lot of attention yeah i mean just the fact that you were able to stand stand and and, and command attention and get last while actually teaching something was really rare for people
1: and that's sort of you know it's funny is i actually gave that talk yesterday um at a at at o'keefe's mastermind um and I haven't, you know, I have really only, I really only did it the, the one time, um, I think it's the Black Label Mass but I hadn't, I'd never done it before. And, you know, I'm like, I'm going to just crack up like this, there I'm not just going to break up there. And I, I didn't break once, but it's sort of, I, I want to come back to that in a second, because the only reason that really exists in the, in the form it does is because of you, mm. um, which sort of comes back to when you asked, you know, was I always funny? Um, I think as a kid, I was funny. I liked making people laugh, but I wasn't the funniest kid. You know, there was there's, there's the clown, there's, you know, I, I was mildly funny. You know, I was like a uh, lukewarm, lukewarm laughter. Um, and I could do impressions and stuff from a young age. I used to do like Jim Carrey stuff and all that, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like that was my thing. I, honestly, I was playing sports. You know, sports were really the, the main thing, and so, <laughs> And I think I got I was funny as I was doing stand up, I started to get a bit funnier, I think. But then when the change happened it was probably about a year, year and a half ago, I'd say, and what I started doing was every time people laughed around me, I asked why. Hmm. So I'd say, why are they laughing? Because most people there's a joke or something, they oh that joke worked, I should use that again, right? And even like a lot of comedians may not know exactly why someone, why people are laughing. They're just like, okay, that joke's good. And the common, you know, the common sort of why people laugh is, you know, there's an expectation and something that's not expected happens, right? Surprise. Yeah. And so there are a few key themes, but- Misdirection. And, By mis- the way, I,
0: I want to be clear that you didn't ask them why they laughed. No, <laughs> you, no, Because no, no. that, yeah. that, that would why be awkward. <laughs> Excuse me, sir, why are you laughing? Um,
1: no it's no i literally so like seriously with like a lot of discipline just started every time people would laugh i go why did they laugh yeah and then because that's what i do the same thing with copy and the same thing with and with really everything i've learned is i deconstruct and go back and and ask why and try and learn the principles and the strategies as opposed as opposed to the tactics and techniques right like a joke is a tactic yeah or a technique right what's the underlying principle that makes them funny so honestly that was it like if you start asking why and i found like it got to the point where and again, none of this is like, oh my God, look at me, I'm so funny. It's it's just sort of like it ha it. it you can develop it as a skill to a much deeper level where now I feel like it, I know when laughs are coming. I just and some it's, a lot of it's faster than my mind can move. I'll just say something,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then you know you get the laugh. And so asking that why has been like because laughing is a biological need, mm-hmm. right? which is what's so weird about it. Like if you look, every human laughs. Like Hitler laughed. You know, probably not about the same things we do. <laughs>
0: <A> little, <laughs> but the,
1: slightly darker, Ben. But, yeah. but the principles were the same, right? It was so. It's like, why do humans have this thing where their their lips curl up and they go, <laughs> or they do that weird little nose laugh, you know? The <laughs> and then sometimes you snort rocket, and then you know, like
0: ah, one of my deepest fears. I consider sort of that an in insult, by the way. When I when I go for the laugh, and my and I get that from my wife, who's been listening to my my droll for you know. 30 years now but when when um uh well maybe not 30 years that makes me sound older than i am but if i get this if i get to that one i'm like you know what i'd much prefer no sound than that just just don't even pity me like that's yeah. the pit laugh and it's worse it's-, <laughs> it's like i acknowledge that you said something that was supposed to be amusing but was all i could muster
1: and they've heard so many too and that's the problem is like if you've got some stories that are sort of like and i try not to just like repeat the same stuff but i feel like over time especially with the wife you've got to just like if you tell this story one more time <laughs> i'm just going to i'm going to lose it and but the people at the table may be like this is the best story i've ever heard right right she's just like i can't but so sort of to that to what you had asked the reason i say the why thing is first of all i think you can develop comedy as a skill um, by understanding the underlying reasons why people are, but on top of that, um, like it's a, it's a learning curve. There's no solution. So I had a great conversation with Ron Lynch just, uh, this last Sunday that we can talk about in a bit, but what you did for that video is the first time I wrote that video. Um, and I actually sort of like, I think I'm, i actually like wrote it out, you know, normally videos, I kind of just go and do something. I wrote it and it was very easy to write because the analogies were, they made a ton of sense. They were really good analogies. It wasn't just like offensive. Right. There's a difference in comedy where it's funny because it's offensive, right. or right. it's it's offensive, or it's it's very funny and just happens to be offensive. <laughs> right. Like that's the right. difference between like a Jim Norton who's just sort of like, you know, let me make him laugh with this stuff and it can be funny, and like Jim Jeffries who has a great joke that just happens to be really offensive. Right, great, great analogy. And so like when I drew the penis, I'm known as either the toilet water guy or the penis guy, um, the, uh, which my mum is so proud of me for. Uh, and so when I first did the penis video, I love calling it that, especially out of context. It's just the worst. Um, you had seen it, and so we were about to hop on the call, you know, the, the group call, and you called me about five minutes before. And the original video is essentially... I think it's still actually on the site. I need to switch it out now that I have um, the other one. Basically, it was... Uh, this is his penis and the reason I drew this is because now I've got your attention and attention is the most important thing you can have in marketing now I've got your attention i to show you how this applies to email marketing right and I'm like basically I had the the few types like you want to give them just the tip just for a second (laughs) you you want it you don't want to give them you know you got to get them you know you got to get them wanting it and you got to get them all worked up and you can't just go straight in you know full on you know and stuff and it was like and it's you know it's, it's fun
0: sure double then, entendre for days but but yeah but, but and it, and funny so, and relevant it, it it lines up nicely but but that's the thing is so like
1: i would have and so i
0: think the other now it
1: was like um the two other types were uh at, at slutty marketing so that was like when you just give it all away for free right and you just give it up too easy now they have no reason to buy anything Right. Right. They don't really respect the fact that you're going to chart, not like a hooker, but you know what I mean? Like for products online. (laughs) Um, And then the other one was uh, ouch, ouch, you're on my hair. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which is something that we've all unfortunately experienced um, at some point. Uh, And so. And you know, which was that flinch response to like that abrasive marketing that's just like, oh, ouch, ouch, you know, you're on my hair, like, stop selling me so hard. And like, it, you can feel the selling. Right. Um, and so, sort of the mix was that, you know, that just the tip. And so, and so the funny thing is, people remember it, you know, well, but I thought that was honestly like, you know, I thought it was the best thing I'd done. I'm like, I was proud of it. I was proud of my penis, you know? I wanted to show the world my penis. And, Kevin calls and says, look, I'm not that impressed by your penis. <laughs> I've seen, and, I've seen better. Seen I've, better. Seen, I've seen better penis and I'm not good at drawing, you know, and, <laughs> but, but you did say, you, you said, um, you kind of called, like you called me out and it, it was very nice of you to call me in advance and you basically said, look, I, I think it was a bit almost over the top. I think, um, you know, it could be polarizing and not in that, not in exactly the way you want. Um, and I think mainly, you know, you could do something better. And the thing is, we only had a few minutes, so we had to get on the call. And that's kind of where you left me. Mm. And I, honestly, I was kind of, I was kind of annoyed. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't get pissed about business stuff, and I don't really get offended by it. And I was kind of like, you know, can I swear? Can yeah, I say? Sure. I was like, kind of like, fuck you, Kevin. Yeah. I, like what? You know, like I was proud. Like I was actually, I was one of the I cared about it. Like you know, normally I just sort of write stuff, whatever. And uh, and you said. And, but you kind of left me me hanging there and so i was like well um that sucks <laughs> and so um and then what happened is then we talked you know i think about a week later and we went through and, and and you sort of went through what you saw it more as in your head which was this underhanded not acknowledging the penis um you know here's just sort of like going about it that way and honestly it was i so i went to the coffee shop the next day and i sat down with a little legal pad And I started trying to write it. And it's funny, I've still got the notepad and I've got all these misshapen penises drawn (laughs) in this notepad. So I was trying to think, I'm like, okay, what, like a mushroom tip? And then I'm like a rocket and like, you know, trying to come up with, because the analogies were genuinely easy and they made sense before, Right. like overt one. And so I'm like, fuck, this is hard. Not, I mean, no pun intended. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I don't mean to be a dick.
0: No, no. Uh, so I, I want to make it clear what – and I don't want to interrupt, but I, I want to – if they're just hearing this, right, they don't have the – it so my point to you was the real magic in this bit, I think, is the slowly revealing the joke, right? And yeah. I mean it, I was essentially putting it in
1: right away while talking about how you should slowly put it in. It,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and I thought – I think – I said, you know, people are laughing at first at the shock value, but then they're admiring how cleverly you, you sort of unpack it. But I knew that if you slowly revealed what was actually happening and the penis sort of emerged in the drawing, like halfway through everybody's. They, it's like they get it and they're in on it with you, and then it's it's twice as funny. And then they feel like they're having it, they're doing it with you rather than having it done to them. <laughs> and uh, and and I think it worked out that way,
1: and more consensual. <laughs> it, <laughs> and that's and that's like that's the wisdom, you know, the wisdom of your comedic experience too. Is like I was almost like hitting them with the punchline. And then sort of setting up other little jabs, yeah, right? right? Instead of jab, 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 you know, then punchline. And it's really just like a buildup, you know, they're, they're really, honestly, it's very similar to, you know, what what the penis is all about. The, and and so, so the thing was, is it was hard to write this thing. It was, God, no, I can't get my mind out of the gutter, not that I ever have gotten it out of the gutter, but it was difficult. Like it was a genuine challenge and I don't often feel... Real challenge when I sit down to write, where it's like I really have to think. Normally, I just write very quickly. And I was like, This is, and it was, and, and I ended up coming up with what I think was the, it, at the time, really the best thing I've written and still, still up there. And it was, you know, very subtle, right? And it was like I draw the arc, and then people are like, Wait, there's no way, right? There's no way to draw a penis. Right, right. This is a thing. And then I talk, and then I'm like, and then I have the tip. But I kept, you know, deadpan. It's, it's funny with you know, we're doing this today because I, literally did it yesterday mm. um and i added some stuff i think you'll quite enjoy it. some more punches and then there's like little you know just like uh sort of puns and little jokes within there like you know the people who are the used car salesman type are you know they're masters of baiting the hook <laughs> uh, you've got to, you know there are times you've got a master baiting as well like you know but <laughs> So as we are talking about it after, and, and so what's really cool about it, like, and this is, this is sort of the whole thing I think we're talking about with comedy and selling, mm-hmm. is there's a difference between something just being funny, and there's a difference between something that just sells, and there's, you know, and then actually combining the two. Because any reason to use comedy to sell is either if it frames a sale better, or if it creates engagement through a piece of content or video or writing that allows them to get to the point where it's sold. Right. And so, but the other thing is when you're actually teaching, emotion drives most learning. So, I don't, people may not remember my name. They may not remember anything about me, but they remember just the tip. And mm-hmm. some of the people who've like been like, oh man, I was writing, like, and you know, I can't remember your name. He's like, what is your name? And he's like, oh, he's like, I was writing this thing the other day. And I was like, what would just the tip be for this? Like, you know, and, and they remember. And That's so, it actually, yeah. a, and then also, like, with it, if you speak at an event or anything, it's an instant level of, you oh, know. Yeah.
0: People can't like, believe it. If you get a genuine laugh or two, like, they're just not expecting it, right? It's it's magic.
1: It's it's all, it, that, and that's the difference, right? You've talked, you know, I've talked about this between stand-up that goes laughs, right? You're not there to be a philosopher or right, to right. do other things. And so, when you can teach good content and you can get people to laugh yeah. On top of that, it's just, you know, you're layering on um, just a lot of value. It's all bonus, right, and it right. just, but it really like I didn't realize how much it helps with the actual learning side of it and helping people
0: Yeah because while they're, well, they're letting their guard down and there's no quicker way to get somebody's attention than to get them laughing because again they don't expect it talk about misdirection right and they're gonna hang on your every word more because the, you there's been a, there's a silent agreement now that there's there's funny to come. And if they pay attention, they're going to be greatly rewarded for it. Right. Rather than just check it out and check out and start, you know, scrolling through their Facebook.
1: Well, and so that was something like in person, just sort of like to tie that up is there were like 40 people in the room and a guy had spoken earlier in the day was a really smart guy and nobody was paying attention. I wasn't paying attention everybody had their camera their uh, you know their computer out there their laptop on the desk or at least on their phone and mm-hmm. and it was really smart but it just wasn't engaging mm-hmm. and he you know and that's the difference between having good content and not being able to entertain and so my goal so when I went up and like i hadn't this is honestly i think it is my first time actually speaking like not but having done stand up and you know only like nine or ten times but there's nothing tougher than that yeah <laughs> like it's you know it's it's scary as shit so it's and it's just the dumbest thing you can do. Who, who decides, I'm gonna go give myself the opportunity to publicly fail in front of a group of strangers or tell them about the time I was mistaken for a girl or about, you know, my mom walking in or whatever, you know, like, you like let me go tell the story I've told no one to a group of people who've never met me. And most them just going, you are the least funny human ever.
0: <laughs> it's our reward for your uh, transparency is rejection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just public. And you have to publish. It's like writing. At least you can fail in your underwear and your fucking, you know, bedroom. Like. Or, yeah, potentially go back and edit the really dumb part in a yeah, day or exactly. something. There's nothing in real time. Yeah. Uh, and so, well, just, just real yeah. quick, what I said to them is just like what you said.
1: I said, look, let me be a dick for a second. If and I just said, can you guys put away your cameras or I I keep saying cameras, put pull your cameras out, um, (laughs) put your, you know, put your laptops away, put your phones away and just give me five minutes. If in five minutes you aren't fully engaged with what I'm saying, Mm. pull out your laptop, pull out your phone. I haven't done my job. Very cool. And I just said that to lead off because I was like, if and I think that's fair. I think if somebody gives you five minutes and you're boring, then they don't, you know, they shouldn't have to listen to you.
0: Yeah, I like that. I would steal that next time. I like that a lot. Uh, and then seven minutes later, they were all had their heads down. But that didn't matter because you were <laughs> bold enough to uh, to command their attention in the beginning. They were so bored. <laughs> so let's talk about, let's talk about, you know, practicing in public. Because then, you know, in this world today, this is why I feel for stand-ups uh, now is that they they hardly get a chance to go work out anywhere, Right. Um, everybody's got a cell phone, you know, and now with live video streaming, uh, if you're Chris Rock or Louis CK or Amy Schumer, anybody trying to work out some new material at a, you know, uh, lesser known club on a Wednesday night, some douchebag in the third row is probably streaming it live on Facebook while you, while you do it. Right. And, but in your case, in sort of in my case, we want to use that tool. Because that's sort of that's our audience, right? And so, in, uh, I, so for you, I'm, I'm curious because I've watched you evolve comedically on Facebook as well. And uh, I'm a little more calculated, where I'll I'll do something in a video, and it's usually born of spontaneity. But then I'll I'll watch it back before I post it to kind of see if if I'm thinking it's resonating. Sometimes I'm right, and sometimes I'm wrong in both directions. You, you're pretty quick to flip on Facebook live and just roll with it and see what happens and uh, you, you struck gold recently with a parody that has is, is gone pretty pretty huge in our industry at least I mean you know 14,000 views, 84 shares that's a lot of shares man uh, so t- tell us about that video and and what was behind it
1: yeah and you know it's kind of interesting about the shares there um and you know we can stuff about virality, but like uh i think quite a few people actually were also private messaging it to people mm. um which you know doesn't go into the shares count because which which was what was kind of cool about something like that where you know it's it's light um and so you know sort of the, there's obviously a joke within the name there um but what was interesting about it is people were uh, willing to share something that could have been controversial in a way, and some, you know, I've got friends who know him. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I'm quite certain I'll be meeting him at some point reasonably soon, just within the circles and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, and people, and then it opened up some dialogues with people that like some very high level, you know, marketers and copywriters of people who are like, man, this, is, you know, like they really identify with. People are annoyed, right? And yeah, so if you yeah. sort of call out the truth about something you get people, the cool thing is you attract people into your life that feel the same way you do about honesty and about, you know, sort of just being that, you know, being sort of no bullshit. And so, um, but the thing with, with that video and, and something that you pointed out after is, you know, slow down on the quantity, yeah. yeah, right? And and which was insanely valuable. And it was sort of the feeling I had as well. And But you said a sentence that really stood out to me after i did it which was you know my thought is okay i've got this wave let's ride it right let's get some content get more out there like because i can do them every day i can do plenty of them Sure. but that doesn't mean that they're great and what you said is the people are hungry they're waiting they'll they want it they'll wait for whatever right they, they're hungry and that was like huh okay so i don't have to try and just ride the wave and the timing, I can, you know, take my time, create a bit more quality, and if anything, build up more suspense, um, to do another one and have that one, you know, be go wider and and further. And, and there's nothing, it's not selling anything or doing anything. Um, but,
0: uh, yeah, because you don't want to go from like a compliment complimented you up front is that, you know, people quickly realize, wow, this guy's really funny. But also there's layers to this cat. Then they'll see you five minutes later over in the corner having a deep discussion with somebody, right? And they'll be like, okay, this guy's just not a clown. And then they'll talk to you in different context and you're not desperate for the laugh. And so it's the same sort of thing in this weird world of Facebook where it feels like our only job is to get attention and to get as many eyeballs as we can and likes and shares and comments and... But I think it's the same kind of thing where the cooler people uh, are going to notice if you can keep it up. And the only way to keep it up is to be a little calculated about it. And I notice, I want to... And just to give some context, if people are listening and don't know what what Topism is, is, it's a parody. And this is something you've done a lot of. And it's it's always really funny. You create these characters um, who are... You know, loosely based on somebody we might know, or uh, uh, you know, um, uh, an amalgamation of several people. Like you, you've had you know motivational speakers, and you've got the guy, the the, the coach who coaches coaches how to coach coaches, and that one went viral after after this La right Lopez. and that that video is like eight
1: ten videos that you know people were going through all my videos yeah so. yeah yeah so, so that was right. the other
0: thing is there was already a backlog of, of things for, for them to discover right and so yeah. this was uh you know lai topez based on probably the most viral guy even my kids know who this guy is for some reason you know it's weird uh he shot a video of him and his lamborghini and talked about books and all this anyway uh this is the first time you've gone sort of more directly at one person, right, than, yeah. than an industry or, you know, uh, a mix of characters. And again, did you give second thought to that at all or, or were you waiting to sort of parody this guy or, or was it totally spontaneous in the moment?
1: No, it was. So I'd actually been doing them for a few days before that. Oh, OK. I- but just little ones. So I'll I'll probably actually put those together because sort of like I didn't want to just put out each one, Yeah. but there are funny bits within each one, like things like, what's up, I'm Le Topez, I'm here in my wine cave, (laughs) you know, like just like I was in ridiculous, you know, we're going to, we're at this Chateau in France, which I know how douchey that sounds, but like it's what it was. And help it,
0: that's where you were, right?
1: Yeah, and and so like there's things like, you know, I'd just be like, you know, I'm here at my banquet hall, you know, we're having, you know, lunch out on the veranda, you know, this is my table, like, it's a little small, and just, like, <laughs> there are, like, clips of, you know, sort of funny stuff within, but um, it wasn't so, ca- honestly, uh, Scott Ruick, like, challenge- he, like, thankful, I need that push from people I respect, right, and that goes back to what you said about that video, mm-hmm. is that I had that gut reaction that was sort of like, fuck you, Kevin, mm-hmm. and then, since then, anytime somebody's challenging me, especially with the comedic stuff, I get really excited, because I know that it's, meant out of, from the bottom of your heart, out of like wanting to, you know, see the best. And also I think you guys see more in me than I see in myself at times, like where like you're thinking further down the road and thinking long term. And, and so getting excited about, you know, getting people that challenge you, because most people, especially if you have sort of a dominant personality, like, you know, people don't tend to challenge you. And so, but you need it, like you, you know, and you need to surround yourself with people that are willing to say hey dude you can do fucking better that wasn't that like good or, or just like to be on that being honest that it's no criticism it's just so he he kind of just pushed me he's like you got to do it and so the funny thing is is i waited we were literally getting in the bus to go back to paris like from le mans or whatever where that's you know where we were and i recorded that like last like i finally did the full one that i you know and that was the library that was like this the whole punchline with that right is in my library that's where i lie about all the books i read um and so, the uh, I had like you know going after one individual person wasn't necessarily it wasn't like an idea of of something and and I've now thought about that since,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's a tough line and this is something that I'm sure we'll talk about moving forward because there's stuff like you know I I'm, I actually do like Tony Robbins quite a lot I've been to his stuff and you know I think he's great but I'm like man phony Bobbins is just a great name. <laughs> and then I'm like shit like you know I, and so then it's like turn the line of like where you know, and, and so it'll be an interesting sort of thing but but I will say one thing because people are you worried about <clears throat> people saying you know like finding like getting angry or whatever and honestly I'm, I'm not and yeah. like because frankly I'm sure I'll meet him if, he, if, if Ty were to be like hey man that was really funny I'd be like damn he will way cool than expected if he's not no, and I, I don't want to get into depth with that now but right like, right the <clears throat> yeah uh, if, if I get blacklisted out of the internet marketing world, the people that do, it doesn't matter to me because you know first of all I make pretty much all my money outside of it, yeah. You know, doing other stuff, and and I just care about the truth. You know, I don't like people getting screwed over, and so if if I can call somebody out and it helps somebody not get fleeced, great.
0: Yeah, I, I think I, I think that's the the thing with you is that I don't sense anger behind it. You know, I think you're you're just. A naturally funny guy, you, your mind goes to satire and parody, sort of, just by nature. And it, to me, that makes it even funnier if one of your "quote unquote" victims were to get really pissed about it. <laughs> it would just make it ten times funnier to me because they they just don't get you. There's no way they could meet you and stay pissed. I don't think you know.
1: Well, unless they aren't, you know, that that would sort of prove. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's kind of a douche. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know that to me, that makes it twice as powerful. And the other thing I always say this about, like comedians have it. You, you know, the only way to defend yourself against attack is to not take yourself too damn seriously. Right. Like, yeah. like, you know, Jack Black. Can you imagine Jack Black? Jack Black exposed on, you know, it's not going to happen, you know, unless he did something like really vulgar, or hurt somebody. But otherwise he'd be like the first guy to joke about it or any, any comic, Amy Schumer. Like what's, what are you going to say about Amy Schumer that she wouldn't say first, right?
1: And that, I mean, that's another one of the areas where comedy is such a unique tool is like, you know, I used to get, if you get made fun of in high school or, in you know, like you should probably preface this uh, this podcast, by the way, with I'm telling them I'm half English and half American, which means everyone thinks I'm Australian, because otherwise they're going to be just going, where is this guy from? That's uh, true, right. Which I actually, that is how I open up when I talk, because I, I, otherwise they're just going to be sitting there going, I don't know where he's from and I can't pay attention. <laughs> um, but... Uh, it's, it's, but a riddle to be solved and then and they're just you know confused all the time but yeah. basically um I mean, of course i've completely lost my train of thought this is why you don't have the messages thing on your apple right. open it's so annoying um
0: important may be happening uh, um, we were talking about you know the best defense is uh is, oh yeah you know, taking
1: and, and so from. you know as a kid like with my accent like kids oh you've got a you got a you got a fake accent bro and i'm like shut up it's not fake you know, and I'd get pissed because that's the one thing nobody understands. If you say somebody's got a fake accent and that's how they talk every day, you're essentially saying that fundamentally that person is waking up and deciding to lie to the world every day, <laughs> which I'm too lazy to do. But but I learned then if as I go, I'm like, oh, if I just go, oh yeah, totally fake. Practice 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at night. You know, and that's why I've chosen this weird quasi-Australian accent because why would I do a normal English one if I was going to fake it? Um, but but that. And somebody you know, when we were at this chateau thing, there's like a burlesque dance and there's I get put on stage in handcuffs, which I shouldn't really tell the story, but this kind of proves your point. They're like, We've got pictures, we can blackmail you. I'm like, how can you blackmail somebody without shame? Post it on Facebook. I don't care. What like what weapon? You know, if if you can laugh and, and joke and and, you know, have a good time, there's not a lot that can really you, know, you, you choose to take a few things seriously in life. You, 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 know, you pick your three things maybe that you care about, and if, if something's not one of those three things, you just relax. Everybody treats everything with the same like amount of anger and, and importance,
0: and right, it's like right. most stuff just isn't that important. Yeah, great, great point. Hey, it's Kev here. We're about to get to the essential question of the show, but first... If you'd like to go deeper into all the marketing strategies that the top pros are using to really move the needle on their sales, then I invite you to come join us on the inside of CopyChief. Go to CopyChief.com forward slash join, J-O-I-N, and uh, see a special offer for uh, you to come check it out. And what you'll do in there is you could uh, enjoy one of the trainings. We've got 12 different trainings on how to improve your copy. Uh, We also have uh, an invitation to you to post up your copy and get reviews, friendly, happy, helpful reviews from all the cool copywriting pros hanging out in CopyChief. So it's a great community. You really love it tons of valuable information we want to help you sell better come join us at copychief.com forward slash join <laughs> all right so i'm going to get to the essential question because it's another great lesson here um and so let's just jump into it uh ian stanley oh and by the way i, I meant to give out your your url Let me did that first if people want to connect with you find out uh all the stuff you're doing and by the way we haven't even talked about the fact that you you're highly regarded highly accomplished email copywriter amongst your other copywriting uh, you have a great course called 8020 email copy copywriting but people if you want to get in Ian's world first of all look him, look him up on Facebook um, and go to standupconversions.com is where to find Ian standupconversions.com Okay, so Ian Stanley, what is the one thing you've done in your marketing that has produced the most surprising results?
1: Um, so this is the one question I was prepared for, right? Yes, so uh, I would say it uh, it was the toilet water video. Um, and I'll explain, I can explain that in a second. But the, the reason that it's the most surprising probably isn't, the traditional sort of surprise like oh man it, it oh it crushed it mm-hmm. you know just raking in cash um it was that the stuff that has happened because of that offline mm-hmm. and um primarily the connections so toilet water videos essentially you know starts out like jackass and i'll be making a new one soon which uh, i'm sure hopefully you'll see as i hope to get on, to, well, I plan on getting onto some talk shows after doing the stupid stuff I plan on doing. Um, but uh, the, basically I just said, I'm in and I'm about to drink toilet water, you know? And then I, I go and it's, uh, you know, you can actually probably still find the video or hopefully it'll be a new one by the time this is published. But um, what it was is, what I think of as undeniable proof. Most people think about proof and they create what I call deniable proof. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm naturally very naive. Um, so I just believe things. I just assume people are telling the truth because that's what I thought people were like, (laughs) Yeah, Um, not the case. But so when I create these videos, I think of it, um, almost like, uh, watching a magician, right. And you're trying to figure out how they're doing the trick. Mm. Right. And so if you like, so if you look at somebody like David Blaine, right, there's one in his street magic where, um, he's sitting there with Ricky Gervais and, and he's got this needle. And it looks like he's putting his ne- this needle through his bicep, right, through his arm. And Ricky's like, what are you on about? What are you doing? Stop it. What, stop, that's, oh!" That, and you know, he's just freaking out. And, and then you just realize, you're like, what is the trick here? And they're like, no, he's just putting a fucking needle through his arm. <laughs> it's not a magic trick. <laughs> right. right. It's just that's what he's doing. And so you think of it from that perspective of like, how could, and, and everybody's got that one douchey friend who thinks everything's fake. Yeah. So think about them sitting there watching. How could they think this is fake? How could they? And so that was sort of the lens I took. And I thought the water video, honestly, I thought it was comedy. Um, And then I realized, and so this was the big sort of (laughs) connection from it that then spurred a lot of other things was um, the video went around. You know, we got like 400,000 views in the first couple of days. And then it's something with the manufacturer, like take it down, long story. But basically um, this guy, Ron Lynch, who's a legend within – you know, direct response. And he well,
0: I all- want to give a little bit of context. So, you the product was a water filter, right? And you literally uh, had a camera follow you into a public men's room, and you filled the uh, a glass with uh, toilet water out of straight out of the toilet, and you poured that water through the filter, and then you drank it.
1: Yeah, and, and you don't the- know that there's a filter. Until I've gotten to the back to the sink after filling the glass, like everything was pretty. We only it took one. It was one take, you know. And it was one clean shot, and you can never let the pitcher out of or the the water out of sight. And there are little things like you know, if you watch it, you'll see like I pull off the lid of the pitcher to make sure there's nothing hidden in there. It's undeniable. And so when people watch the video, actually there were comments we'd be like, oh, he drank out of the same glasses before, and somebody's like, no, he didn't. You can see that's behind him, and people like defending. Right. Right for me, and so, so yeah, and that was part of it, just like, you know, if you, that's part of the punchline, right, that's where sales is so similar to comedy, if I have a pitcher in my hand, and I go, I'm about to drink toilet water, and I'm going to filter it through this, you go, I don't care, you know, and it's still, people are still, like, obviously, it's still shock when you see putting it through a filter, and still drinking toilet water, but like, it's building up to that punchline, and that curiosity, and keeping that loop open.
0: So, in your mind, this is, this is comedy, uh, but obviously, with a, with a point to, you know show people this is how much confidence i have in this water yeah. it's the ultimate billy mays sort of you know put it to the test
1: yeah and uh, it worked really well for sales yeah. um, and so but but so i get um you know a call from uh, somebody connects me to rom lynch right and they said he did OxyClean, he did you know foreman grill and uh GoPro and everything that you know so many of the you know, yeah, legendary,
0: legendary marketer uh publicist and uh yeah and one of the greatest people on the planet yeah yeah fantastic yeah. guy just brilliant and humble uh, you know great guy
1: and so so i get this call and i'm talking to and i'm like on the phone with him i'm like how the hell am i on the phone with this guy like how has this happened he is so far above my pay grade he's so much smarter than and he, he is genuinely one of the smartest human beings i've ever met i mean he just those holes in your brains and make you makes you pick up the pieces, um, but uh, you know we're talking. We end up. He lives in Austin, so we end up you know meeting up, and he's now become one of my closest friends and, and mentors. And you know I was saying to you, you and you and Ron sort of fall into the same category of, of mentor for me because you guys understand the comedy side and you really see the long term of it, right, and not the easy laugh and 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 stuff like that. And so, but what happened? You know that that was Ron, and then since then. Um, what i found is you know, a lot of people, especially a lot of marketers, have seen this video, and it's, you know, I thought, I was like, oh, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty good video. I, You know, I wasn't like, oh, this is some piece, and then when Ron is like, that was one of the best videos I've seen, you know, you're like, you know, sort of, you know, just shell-shocked, but it's created a ton of just these little connections that I never could have expected, where one of the biggest, and it's the same thing with the Lytopas video, to be honest, is, you know, and I think this happens, especially with a lot of copywriters. And like you said, I, I don't really call myself a copywriter so much anymore, yeah. but the, just because it can pigeonhole a bit, but yeah. like a lot of copywriters are still chasing, right? And they're chasing clients and stuff. And, and sometimes it's just because maybe you're not that good yet, which is okay. Um, and sometimes it's because you haven't, sometimes you got to say how good you are, which is tough because it seems arrogant, or you have to try and get other people to say how good you are without, you know, you have to be able to ask, yeah. uh, but the the other thing, so it's it's created a chase, right? Where I'm not chasing, people are sort of coming to me, and and you know, with the lycopas one, like even on the comments and and some of the private messages and stuff I got, and some of the people who shared it, these are like really high level marketers, and you know, some of them, you know, who I who I don't know at all, and now suddenly there's this connection of. Oh, hey, man, that was like a great video. I also got some really weird messages, like some girl in Austin was like, hey, I live in Austin. I saw your video. Um, we should get a coffee sometime when you get back. And I was like, oh. Uh, <laughs> groupies, I looked at it, you have groupies. She wasn't, quite up, she wasn't quite up to the standard. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, the... Uh, so, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things is uh, obviously not everybody's going to drink toilet water or, you know, do parodies. But that having like whatever your one thing is, whatever your unique skill that like, what, what are you willing to do that nobody else is willing to do? And what can you do that no one else can replicate? I focused for a while on doing things that other people could replicate because I wanted to teach them. So like, oh, I want to do marketing that other people can do too, because you know, I want to help people learn marketing. And then I was like, well, what can I do that no one can do? How, you know, it's better to be different than it is to be better. And it's easier mainly. Um, and so that's what's been interesting is now even like going to a mastermind or something, people, you know, have seen that video and then there's this different feeling, oh hey, I mean you know, I'm Ian, good to meet you. And they'll come up and like, dude, I saw your video, or whatever. Like
0: Yeah. There's that sh- instant well, there's a celebrity factor to it. This is one of the amazing things about being an entrepreneur and marketer in in this day and age. Two things that uh, still amaze me. One is that a book still gives you instant credibility. If somebody can go on Amazon and see your name on a book, they just go, wow, you wrote a book? Uh, So that has, I just would have thought that would have gone away by now (laughs) because everybody's written a damn book. But it still means something to write a book and uh, it should and it does. The other thing is, you know, it as easy as it is to get, to get a video out into the world. Like Ty Lopez, is you walking around? It's a selfie video. It's about you know a couple of minutes long, and like you said, you know people you otherwise would have never reached yet are seeing this and they want to talk to you. They they want to say, oh yeah, I know Ian. I'm having I'm having lunch with Ian next week. You know, it's because it's just instant celebrity. And so I don't think that cheapens it. I don't think the fact that it's easy to write a book makes it less impressive to have written a book. And I don't think the fact that it's easy to get a lot of attention on video gives it less credence. It's all what's behind it, right? Like you say, like we both say a lot, the best thing somebody can pay you first is attention, but it's all what you do with it from there. And... You know, all you've done is, is impressed, dude. You know, I mean, um, we could do a whole nother episode on just your personal journey, the work you've done on yourself. I mean, four, just four months ago, you and I were having very different conversations (laughs) Yeah, and and you were very perplexed personally with the situation. And it's, it's hard to believe it's only been three months since you made a big decision and, and have been on this. You just got back from a, a trip around the world, essentially, uh, and so I'm going to end here because I, 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 want, to leave, I want to leave people wanting more. And uh, I definitely want to do a part two with you if you'll agree to that.
1: I would love to. Uh, talking to you is one of my favorite things,
0: and I I don't say that lightly. So I I, I consider that a privilege, my friend. Um, and so thanks for doing this. I, I'm gonna link to all the videos. If you can't find the toilet water video or any link to it, that'd be great. I love that this is the. Uh, well, we'll link the toilet water video. We'll link the penis video. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very clean.
1: <laughs> well, hopefully, I'll have the new uh, the new toilet water video for the new company, which will be fixed f-i-x-t water so okay cool. um, then it'll be uh, i won't be promoting something else
0: <laughs> yeah right good point all right so th- that's the whole another discussion is now that you're like a you know big kid business owner here uh it's getting serious so uh, adulting adulting all right Ian. thanks for doing this brother uh appreciate you and um thank you man yeah we'll be talking real soon Cheers, Hey, thanks again for listening to The Truth About Marketing Podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash T-A-M, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com. And I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.